So, Karen, you know, I never thought I would say these words, but I am excited about my gut. Me too. It's fascinating to think that if you've got all the right bacteria in there, then it can have a positive effect on your hormones. And at our age, it's all about the hormones. I mean, it affects your sleep. It affects your bowel movements. Uh, vaginal health, hot flashes and bloating. I hate bloating. Oh, no, me too, me too. Well, we're two weeks into taking our Better Gut supplements and I am excited to see if it makes a difference. So far, so good for me. Are you remembering to take them? Yes, once a day with my meal. Good stuff, good stuff. Try the Better Gut today to support you through a better menopause. Visit www.thebettermenopause.com to find out more about the science and order your supplements today. With delivery straight to your door and the supplements coming in convenient, portable packaging, they will easily blend into and support any busy lifestyle. You can also sign up to their newsletter and join their thriving community. Right now, you can receive 15% off your first order with my special code. That's K15, K-A-Y-E 15, all one word. That's www.thebettermenopause.com and the code is K15. This week on the How To Be 60 podcast, Dr. Claire Bailey, the other half of Dr. Michael Mosley, champion of the 5-2 diet. At the age of 62, Claire is stepping out from behind her desk to join Michael on a theatre tour. A week or two ago, I was going, oh my God, what have I, what have I agreed to? Um, whereas now we're kind of getting into it and it's going to be fun. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Welcome and bienvenue to another episode of How To Be 60 with me, Kay Adams, and... Me, Mackenzie. Oh, that was quite nice. Oh, you like it now. You weren't very sure before. I wasn't. I was going to say I thought it needed something else because I thought me, Mackenzie, was just a bit brief. I thought maybe the pendulous pensioner or the pickled pensioner. Or... That, hang on, does it have to have pensioner in it? <laughs> well, I was thinking that things are... Or the, the forthright fogey. Uh, Pensioners at 60? You're not 60. No, what I meant is when you're over, when you reach 60, does that make you a pensioner? Well, I don't know. It's 60, I mean, I suppose it does on. to suit because quite often if I go to the cinema, I'll say I'm a pensioner. And have get you ever reduced. actually? Do you ever no, but I just go for the reduced. As a pensioner. Have you ever introduced yourself as I'm a pensioner? No, no. No. No, but it's quite nice to get the old free bus. So from that point of view, I like being, I'm not saying a pensioner, but I kind of think of myself as, you know, Getting a getting a freebie. Yeah. Oh, so just a, a tight arse, basically. Oh, yes. Basically, well, that's yeah. fine. I think you need a tagline, though. So me, Mackenzie. Um, so I'm going to appeal to our listeners to email us, podcast at htb60.com. What is Karen's tagline? Mackenzie, candid co-host. Well, actually, that is quite good. Yeah. My Twitter used to be candid key. Did it? Yeah. Oh, oh so I prefer pendulous pensioner. Though when you've got these sweaters on I can't really see them which is good I'm it's something to look forward to in the spring um so <laughs> in the spring <laughs> the spring when you get your tits out in this room <laughs> it's not gonna happen <laughs> um oh I tell you what I'm in a good mood because I saw you just before we started oh, good you you've taken my advice and you're gonna sort those gnashers out there's not you? much advice I take from you I have to say you? you're not great with advice Come but on. you pushed me into such a corner oh, about no. my... Oh, no, don't yeah, you guys like me? Up quite a lot, Kate, it has to be said. What, your crooked yellow teeth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went to the dentist, my own dentist, and clearly so you can't... smile? You can't even tell. Oh, no, look, smile. Look, you smile haven't changed the, camera. the shape. It's just look. the one tooth. Oh, they you look so much see. better. It's one tooth. What? You've not got a full mouth guard for one tooth. You have... And you, what you do is you put a bit of bleach in the tooth bit that's, and then you stick it on. It's only, I've only done it for a bit. You're only going to whiten one tooth. Cough. <laughs> it's cost so much money. 
<laughs> I'm quite happy. In fact, I was quite happy with myself until you butted in and and pointed out. I mean, God, if I could share it on you, we're gonna get we're gonna get people to donate a tooth, a tooth, a bit of bleach. <laughs> I don't so, think it's partisan that they use. I do hope not. Anyway, it would be like you know when you get a cinema, a theatre that's closing down, and people have to sort of why they do the seat? donate to keep the seat, and they get their name on it. We could do that for your teeth, couldn't we? That is great. Um, so how are you generally? I believe you're doing dry February. I'm doing dry, dry January, dry February. You'll be drinking, that's why you're sucking on that bleach. That's what you're doing. <laughs> it's the shortest month, basically, isn't it? So it's easy to do that. I've all actually, I've already had to cancel um, a meal out uh, with somebody that I haven't seen for years and years. Can you not go out for a meal without drinking alcohol? No, but she put it in a way that I let it'd be really good to have a good drink. And I thought, Hannah, it'd be really nice. But you're right, it did point out that actually I do quite like when I'm going out for a meal to have a glass of red wine or I'm two. I'm surprised at you. Oh, stop it. Listen to you standing in judgment. Besides, I've been away on holiday and I did drink and eat probably quite a lot. In Morocco? Yeah, yeah. So now, and you're drinking every night. Did you overindulge? Or is that waistband getting a little bit tight? Christ, you're not joking. Oh my God. I've got this denim skirt and I put it on and it looked gross. And then I thought, okay, I can't wear this. I had to peel it off, you know, like a wet bikini or a wet bit. Yes. The, the wee pot belly. Oh, it wasn't wee. I actually had to peel it off in that way that you have to kind of like move your body from side to side to try and get this. Lucky old Stephen. That's what I he say. wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen was nowhere to be seen. But yeah, so that will help. It's all about bread. And alcohol with me. So I've cut the alcohol. And actually, Stephen's doing it with me. I didn't actually ask him. He says he's supporting me. I don't know what that means, but yeah. um, I was about to drink your tea there. No, get away. Get away. Um, she so, didn't yeah. get a wee dose of food poisoning. I love a wee dose of food poisoning on holiday. Oh, no. There's way. nothing better. I'm always thrilled. When you're caught short, when you're out and about. It's very cleansing. You usually drop a few pounds. I, oh, no. And I, your arse is so raw at the end of it. <laughs> It's so sore. There. It is, isn't it? No, I just don't want to cut. I'm actually feeling a bit lardy myself, to be honest. Well. You know, it's a funny thing. You keep hovering. Well, I don't know. Maybe you Like, I've got scales in my bathroom, right? Now, all I need to do is stand on the scale, see what weight I am, yeah. decide if I need to lose a couple of pounds, and then I go. But I look at these scales in the morning, and I have a, a like a... I'm like a bullfighter with these like scales. Anti-magnet. They're looking at me and I'm looking at them and uh, 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 and then I just leave because I just oh cannot stand. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, what am I avoiding? I'm avoiding the truth. I don't want those numbers to spring up and tell me Ooh, the it's truth. It's like isn't it? I know, but isn't it odd? I mean, You would feel it in your clothes anyway, wouldn't you? I know, but I think there's something about seeing the numbers that you should do. But, I mean, can I confess? Go on. I go on the scales every morning. Do you? That's totally obsessional, isn't it? And I was saying every morning. Every morning. Do you? Yeah. I know. And Alison from a Nordic Walking said, you're nuts. You need to ditch that. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah Alison right. from Nordic Walking, we're not going to take what she says, are we? <laughs> no, but it, She's declared true. herself already. But it just keeps me like, okay, that's fine. And that was, the, yeah, late and late last night, back then again. So, no, I'm I'm quite happy with it. I might it's be a bit nuts, but... Yeah, so you don't actually go on them. No, That's even more interesting. You know, I was telling you last week that I thought I had a brain tumour and it turned out to be earwax. It's a long story. <laughs> but it's a long story. I was in A&E and this nice young doctor who was treating me for goodness knows what, sudden hearing loss. So, you know, for like a little while it was urgent. Um, and he said he would put me on steroids. So he said, can you just pop on the scales here? Yeah, steroids for, sorry. In case I had something dreadful. Oh, right. um, and it was a weekend. He didn't have time to put a torch in my ear. Scales. Well, that was the thing. Scales were in the corridor. Oh, my God. And he said, pop on the scales because, you know, we need to know how much to give you. A steroids, I think it's quite precise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm standing there. I'm thinking, fuck, I do not want to go on scales in the corridor. And I had a big jacket on. And it was all I could do not to strip off entirely. I did take the jacket and the shoes off. Would you have taken the jacket? I did go to the toilet first. Then taking the jacket and the shoes off. Yes. Absolutely. So what were you? What did you wear? Are you happy with it? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, we've got the right <laughs> guest for this conversation. We have Dr. Claire Bailey, who is the other half of uh, yes. Dr. Michael Mosley, yes. of course, who came up with the 5-2 diet, mm -hmm. which is 800 calories. For, you've done it. I mean, I've never done it. 800 calories for five days and then you have... Oh, I didn't do it that way. 
Oh, you never do it the way that anybody tells you to do it. For two days, and then you can eat what you want the rest of the days. All right, I I think, well, maybe clear off. I think we know. I think we know. It was restricted calories. It's hard. um, I was in my bed at six at night. Just to sort of reach the next day for breakfast. <laughs> well, Claire does a lot of the recipes and they are currently on tour. Um, Michael and Claire with the Eat Well, Sleep Better and Live Longer. That is the name of the, the I'd tour. I'd go to that. Actually, I just got an email from our agent just before we started. I'm in Glasgow. This, and it completely knocked me off. Well, ask her. Knocked me off my stride. Right. Because Claire's agent, she emailed me and she said, oh, I saw you on Loose Women last week and you were looking really good. Have you had something done? And really? I thought, Jesus Christ, wait till she sees me for real yeah. on this podcast when I've not been in makeup for three hours. Oh my God. So I'm a bit embarrassed. Have you didn't done? No. To your face? No. No. Just no. wondered. No. Just wondered. One tooth at a time, Karen. One tooth at a time. <laughs> um, we've got some questions in for listeners. It's like, you're such a truth. What was it? Was it Lena Martell? One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Yes. yes. One tooth at a time, sweet Stick Jesus. You're not joggers, whatever. Anyway, so I'm not. We've got questions in from listeners. So we'll you do that. Yeah, I've got a question as well. You've got a question as yes. well. You can ask her if it's really odd to pickle everything that you grow. And is it a waste of time making home? made kombucha she'll say yes to that um i just actually she's got a recipe for homemade kombucha has she she has indeed but it's on yes. the back page um <laughs> i just want to know if i can keep eating sourdough bread and chocolate and that, the one mouthful that's it. Hmm? and the one mouthful chocolate spread on your sourdough bread that would be nice i don't that like nice. that actually you don't like no that. i like my sourdough bread in the morning and i like mm. my chocolate at night terrible for chocolate dark at night. chocolate milk chocolate nah any chocolate i don't care well, um dark, I think. so looking forward to speaking to claire funnily enough yes claire's husband michael mosley mm-hmm. was on loose women last week he, oh, right. probably him who commented to claire's agent that was looking so wonderful actually <laughs> um and i think i startled them a bit Oh, God, what did you say? Well, the thing is, you never have much time on this woman because it's live. this on here. Oh, right. Yeah, and, you yes. know, everything's yes. going on. Where they were, yes. He was looking in our baskets, who are Mrs. and all the rest of it. And I, I just sort of bounded up to him in the break and I said, have you ever done anything on erectile dysfunction? Oh, my God. Oh, on behalf of a friend, Kay. I know, but he looked quite shocked. It's because apparently <laughs> God, half of men over the age of 40 and 70% over the age of 70 are you right. still following yeah yeah half of over 40 and 70 no how many over 70 it doesn't really matter right. a lot of men yeah. have erectile dysfunction oh god and those are the ones that admitted it well that's so right. actually the ones that didn't yeah you can throw those figures up a bit you shouldn't use the word admit right because right. that well because it makes people feel a bit embarrassed to come forward and actually we don't talk about it enough and and joking well, we don't aside talk about it Michael was very good and he did say it was a huge issue. So I'm hoping to persuade Michael to come on in a future podcast no, to, to so talk about it. is wrong. Admit because is it, wrong. it's bringing out that there it's is just a... To, to share, yeah. share their experience. And actually it was Greg Hempel, who is a well-known Scottish yeah, yeah, yeah. performer, who yeah. said that he had been taking Viagra. And I thought that was very... Open and honest. Open and honest of I him. Know. Because... You know, I mean, obviously, we talk a lot about women's health issues and menopause and, you know, loss of libido and vaginal atrophy and all these things that we should be talking about. But we very rarely talk about the the male side of it. So yes. I thought that was uh, yeah. that was wow. great for, for him. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we can persuade him to come and talk about that at some point in the future. Um, the other thing that we can talk about is the fact that Michael Mosley keeps the house at 15 degrees centigrade. Oh, my God. Which oh means God, that, that he is a man up to my own heart. Miserable. Yeah. So, no, that's yeah. just not right. Well, I'm looking you at Claire him. right now and she's got mittens on and, <laughs> and a polar explorer hat. So maybe that just tells us something about it. We'll get her thoughts uh, on that. Anyway, yes. lots to talk about. And listen, I'm not going to be hanging around at the end of this, right? And I'm sorry about this. I'm just throwing this in just now in case I scoot out the door. So I'll apologise to Claire. How are we ever going to be professional no, on this podcast? If the you thing see? is, I was walking this morning and there was all this wood uh, that come down with the storms, every cloud, etc. And I spoke to the guys and I said, what's happening with the wood? And they went, mm, nothing. And I said, mm, do you mind if I come along and lift it? So I thought, I need to go home. I can't make tablet for them this afternoon. But um, yeah. How do you think that makes our guests feel? 
I don't know, but do you know what I've got for us, Kate? What? I've got some oat cakes. Oat cakes? That I made this morning. Thank you. And some hummus that I made this morning. Oh, my so goodness. That's your lunch sorted. Lovely. So not only have you told your guest that you're not going to hang around for very long, you've yeah. got some I'm homemade oat cakes. I'm trying to impress her. Do you think it And works? she's not getting it. No, I think she probably thinks you're a complete twat. But anyway, it's are you tablet. ready? It's not tablet. It's not tablet. No. That's right. Are you ready for email of the oh week? Oh, God, I love this bit, yes. I love this email because it's from Polly McD. Uh-huh. I wish my name was Polly McD. <laughs> it's a great name. The, the, the dandy, isn't it's it? It's fabulous. Polly McD. Polly McD says, Hi, Kay and Karen, I'm Polly, and I've just turned 50 last year and I'm loving HTB60. Uh, I pop in my ear pods, head out with the dogs, Charlie and Lola. I used to love Charlie and Lola. Your chats never fail to make me laugh out loud. I work in a high-pressure job. I have two kids aged 20 and 18, both at uni, um, and I'm married. Um, I use turning 50 to really work out how I could live my best life. So I cut out drinking. I cut out the rubbish from my diet. Mm-hmm. I'm doing big walks, and I've been going to spin class for three years. I am putting myself first, and I'm feeling more content now than ever. Simple things all of the things I like doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also listened to Karen and me and my husband are going to work hard for the next five years and then we're going to go travelling. Mm-hmm. Life's too bloody short. My mum died in her 40s, so who knows what is in front of us. Uh, and she really enjoys the podcast. She says it is uh, very funny. Oh, so well, there you go. brilliant, isn't it? It is. It's funny she says she's going travelling. I interviewed somebody on the radio today, a couple who'd retired, okay. and they were on a nine-month cruise. Oh my god! On a cruise. nine month, wasn't that? Fresh? I might try and get her on. Anyway, Karen, how can people get in touch? Oh, how can they get in touch? Oh yeah, they can get in touch at podcast at htb60.com. And you always say, and I'll just say that again: that's podcast at htb60.com. Oh, you're my protege. You make me so <laughs> proud. Um, we'll speak to Claire after this. Claire, you're sitting there in your jumper. I'm sitting here with my red nose and my jumper on as well. 15 degrees in the house. What is that about? Well, it's a kind of bone of contention occasionally. I mean, to be honest, um, we're generally around 15, maybe 14, but it slips down to 11 or 12 at times. And uh, some bone of contention, you know, bit of argy-bargy going on with this one. And I gather that women feel the temperature sort of four degrees below. So they're more sensitive. So, I mean, I think we've got a kind of, you know, reason to push back. I mean, I can see it's a good thing for the environment and all all that, but no, there's, there's a limit. Oh, my God. I mean, there's one thing. Even for me, to be honest. Being with an electric blanket, but 12 degrees. Oh, that's miserable. So how did, did you all, was, was Michael always like that? Uh, well, it's been his kind of re- recent mission. It's the problem with doing just one thing, and he comes out with these, you know, exciting things that um, then we we practice at home. And uh, I, th- I think it needs to be taken with a pinch of salt at times. Having said that, I think we have actually adapted. So I've actually only got two thick layers on today. Well, I I, I keep our temperature about seventeen. Uh, and uh, I think we're okay with that because I just put on extra layers. I genuinely, and this is always a sort of banter between Karen and myself, I genuinely find the temperature in this room very comfortable. And I really find it strange that you are, are cold. So maybe if you just came and lived up in this attic for a little while, then you might be okay. I mean, do you ever wish, Claire, that Michael would just go back to the days where he used to lie on the sofa and eat chocolate and crisps and give you peace? <laughs> That's that's such a long time ago. I can barely remember it. It's ten years, oh, mind right. you. He still eats chocolate. Oh, he does. He does. Dark or milk? That's what I want to know. Oh, dark, definitely seventy percent, eighty percent. So uh, yes, we've got a, a lovely Ukrainian family living with us, and they've they've kind of absorbed a lot of the kind of health messages, which is fantastic. Um, and Victoria's a fantastic cook. Um, but she was pushing the chocolate to 95%, and no wonder the kids wouldn't go near it. It's kind of, <laughs> it was most bitter. So there's, there's a sweet spot. 
So as you said, it's sort of 10 years uh, since the Fast 800, I think, was was the name of the the book came out. Uh, Was it something that you devised together with Michael or was it very much his baby? Well, it started actually with um, Michael and Mimi Spencer, who are Times journalists, and they were brilliant. They put the book together in, I think, about six weeks um, and because there were kind of everybody was saying, well, what about this five two when he created it? But it's changed. It's uh, become more the fast eight hundred. So we've tweaked things, but following the same principles of intermittent fasting. So on your non-fasting days, in fact, all the time, it's really kind of based on the Mediterranean diet. It's optional as to how many days of fasting you want to do, and the fast isn't a hardcore fast. Is 800 to 1,000 calories. That's not that tough to do, but it does make a difference. People get rapid weight loss, incredibly rewarding, get their sugars down and they feel better and kind of turns back that tide Mm. of, you know, chronic disease. I mean, obviously, it's been an absolute phenomenon, you know, in terms of the outside world. It's been very um, enthusiastically adopted. But what was it like kind of inside the Mosley Bailey house? Because, you know, it was very much uh, a product of Michael himself feeling dissatisfied with his physical health. Where were you with that? I mean, I've heard him say that you're actually very disciplined and he's the one who gives to temptation. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm disciplined. I think in a way I'm quite lucky because I haven't got a sweet tooth. So there's no particular challenge. So it's not about willpower. It's not about discipline. All the recipes are kind of how I like to eat. It kind of is a win-win in a way. Um, So plenty of vegetables, plenty of fiber, lots of protein, not to fear good quality fat. Because one of the other things, you know, food, if you kind of... Uh, not using olive oil on salads, it's, it tastes flat mm, and, it's... you know, you're missing out on all those nutrients. So there's been a big, big change really over the last 10 years in terms of how people are eating, which is which mm. is a good thing on the whole. But there's still a lot of confusion about how we should be eating. But have you always just naturally eaten that way then? Yes. So I kind of haven't changed and I'm still – I to the same weight that I've been for years, Um, whereas Michael's much more kind of up and down about it. So what he tends to do is, you were talking earlier about standing on the the scales, and some people do it every day, but if you do it maybe once a week, and then, you know, if you go up by a couple of kilos, all you need to do is a few Mm fast days, get back to where you are, don't beat yourself up, uh, and move on. And so it gets the gills out of it. It gets the sort of, it's just a practical thing to do. And everybody puts on weight here and there and just go back to it. But, you know, for someone like you, as you've said, who's never particularly struggled with a sweet tooth and always sort of fallen quite yeah. naturally into a Mediterranean diet, there will be p- people listening who say, yeah, well, that is all right for, for you. And it's interesting that clearly, Michael, prior to his great epiphany, um, was one of those people who who struggled. I mean, were you concerned about his health at any stage? I wasn't oddly concerned at the time when he discovered he had diabetes because neither of us had really kind of clocked it. Um, And then I kind of took it seriously and looked at the research. You know, Michael does have a sweet tooth, which does make it harder. So he kind of persuades me to kind of hide the chocolate and and not put temptation in his path because that's you know it's just not fair but what what we do do is we we do have puddings regularly but we you know use dates for sugar if we're making a cake you know it's doing swaps so that you can get the same you can have lovely cakes biscuits and puddings but with a very different prototype profile with plenty of protein in it with fiber and it's still tastes fantastic and like and, and recognizable a victoria sponge i've always thought is kind of the ultimate in sweet baking and actually just swap the the, the flour for ground almonds and you're already a big change in in the profile you know so it's just being smart about it and you can get pretty much the same results but the raspberry jam and the cream. Something I want to ask you, um, Claire, is because when we worked together, Kay, 
we both used to have yogurt in the mornings for breakfast and you would have the fat free and I would have the 5% fat. I'm always intrigued by you going for fat free because I always think, oh God, it's low fat, it's going to be behind something else. And I've heard you say, uh, Claire, that you can never have too much protein. What's the ideal then in terms of no fat, low fat and 5% fat or 10% fat? As or full some, fat. Or Greek, yeah, because it's Greek yogurt we're talking mm. about. And oh my God, the full fat is ooh, gorgeous, but I, I don't even, I don't have that. That's- the problem with the low fat and the diet ones is they're often because the nutri- a lot of the nutrition is taken out of them and they then have to add sh- thickeners which put your sugars up uh, compared with the full fat where it's not been processed, it's got much more protein in it and they are healthy fats that you're eating and it'll keep you full. So that if you have yogurt for breakfast and it's full fat Greek yogurt, you know, add some nuts or something else as well to it, but uh, that will keep you fuller for much longer. See, it's interesting that, isn't it? I always think that we're kind of the product of, um, you know, our, our generation, our environment, growing up, etc. And you know, we come back to that on this podcast so many times in so many subjects. And I absolutely get what you're saying in terms of the fats and good fats, etc. I now know that, but because I was brought up in in the kind of late 60s, 70s, and it was the diet culture then. My mum went to Weight Watchers. She went to Slimming World. Everything was low-fat products. You know, that was the thing. And so that that sort of Green. thing, you, you just sort of absorb that by osmosis. And I still find it very difficult. Even like nuts, you mentioned nuts. I adore nuts, but I'm still very careful about eating nuts. I'm careful about eating avocado. That oh, is the I, other one. Oh, I know they're good fats, but... And, I will always go for the low-fat option because it's ingrained in me. Completely. And and there was never never any basis for that to happen. So a whole generation or two has this kind of fear that, you know, you have something, some cream or something, and you're going to have a heart attack, that, you know, the next day. It's very misleading. And the other thing is, you know, there are unhealthy fats. But if you choose things like olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, if you can, there are so many nutrients in it that are beneficial, they're anti-inflammatory, and and food tastes better with it. So things like who you know, we stopped eating uh, ratatouille because they stopped people stopped putting fat in it, and then it just went watery and revolting, and it should be glistening with olive oil. And it's, you know, it's luscious. It's like aubergines. If you cook them, fry them, slice them, have aubergines steaks, they are gorgeous. They absorb the oil and it tastes fantastic. So it's going back more, you know, to traditional ways of eating, Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. So what were you brought up with then? How did you manage to, to escape those influences? Because we're all kind of the same age. Well, slightly oddly, my parents lived in Malaysia for five years. And so when they came back from Malaysia, um, my mother would cook a lot of curries and Indonesian food. Um, nasi goreng was our kind of favorite treat meal. It. It's slightly different food culture, um, I, I suppose. So it, we just had a kind of real celebration of food and it was nothing was ever banned and it wasn't anything, you know, it wasn't this kind of concept of this food is bad and that's not good. It wasn't in the context of ultra-processed food, which is where all the damage is being done, really. That is so interesting that that you had a sort of slightly different food culture in your house because the other thing I'm guessing, now in a a Scottish household of the age that we are, and I think we'll be on the same, Mm -hmm. you know, your treat for anything or your solace for anything was something sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been good, you got something sweet. If you were tired, you got something sweet. If you were upset, you got something sweet. You went to the dentist to get teeth yes. I went to the dentist, I got five teeth out, and my dad <laughs> took me to the sweetie shop on the way home. Uh, well, because he, you know, he, he was trying to console me. So did you not have that? We didn't have fizzy drinks. Uh, you know, it's obviously a policy, but I don't remember it being constraining particularly. We always ate meals together in the evening, um, but often we didn't. We might have fruit afterwards, but didn't usually have 
puddings. I have to out myself on the fasting, Claire, and obviously you're the expert on this, but funny enough, I just, I was presenting my radio show and I was standing with two of my much younger colleagues and they were both discussing, you know, whether they would you know, go from seven in the evening till seven in the morning or whether it goes seven in the evening till 10 That's in right. the morning, they were all on some kind of That's fasting right. period, right. which, you know, if it works for you, fabulous crack on. Personally, I, I just kind of think, have your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner, don't snack, eat decent food and you're kind of going to be all right. I think that's I, I, absolutely, I would go with that. And that's probably what I do is I roughly do a 12-12, um, stop at eight in the evening, try not to snack, um, Mediterranean diet. But if you've got a lot of weight to lose, then it, doing it as a more intensive fast 800, 800, 800 calories combined with a low carb, that gets you into ketosis. And once you're in ketosis, Weight loss is easier. People feel better. They feel more alert. So the benefit of the keto aspect, and you can get into ketosis, ketosis in different ways. Um, so adding the... And what does that mean, yeah, sorry, clear ketosis? Ketosis is basically when you are burning your own fat. That's when you go into weight loss. And that's when people have that slightly acetone smell. You can tell when that's happened. Um, and you can get little strips that tell you if you're going into ketosis. And it's it's a normal process. It's a nutri nutritional process. So when you're burning fat, that's when you're um, losing the weight. Oh. oh. Well, that's, that's interesting. Just to be fair, I'm probably about maintaining my weight. I mean, I've been the same weight for a long time now. I might go up and yeah. down a, a pound or two and, and try and take it off. But yeah. I get what you're saying then. If somebody actually does want to lose yes. a, a chunk of weight, then that's a different thing. And the, doing it fast is um, much more effective. People who lose weight fast are much more likely to keep the weight off because doing it slow and steady, as we used to do in the past, just made it all really hard work, constantly dieting. So if you can kind of, you know, set your aim and 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 go for it, um, it's more rewarding and people are more likely to stick with it. Obviously, it's not suited for everybody. Yeah, that's completely the opposite to what I believe because I thought if you dropped weight off quickly, you put it on quickly. That's myth. That now that's what we grew up with because my mum going to Weight Watchers, I mean, I remember that every week I've lost half a pound or I've lost a pound and that's the way we've got to do it, slow and steady. Mind you, she went to Weight Watchers for 20 years. So yeah. that's, that's <laughs> probably... Did you have those little AIDS? Do you remember those little AIDS cubes? They were like little oh, she had things everything. of fudge. Oh my God, my mum had them. Yeah. They didn't really take off, I wonder why. Yeah, when you think about it, the slow and steady didn't really work for a lot of people, no. did it? What do you think has gone wrong with our food culture? Because we do have a real issue, don't we? And we've got loads of questions for you, and you know, lots of people talking about menopause, but generally about our food culture and the obesity levels that we are seeing and the attendant you know, health conditions, which is probably the most important thing. What's gone wrong over the last 30 years? I think there's just this, as I kind of said earlier, there's just this huge confusion. There's research out there showing very effective programs, um, but they're not being widely disseminated. Uh, people, you know, people are confused about which programs to to follow. Behind that also is this kind of wave of ultra processed food that's coming our way and is very difficult to resist. And it's food that lacks nutrients. So people go on and on eating because their body can tell that they're not getting the protein and the nutrients that they need. You can put on weight, but still be depleted in nutrients. So, you know, part of the whole process is, is managing that web of ultra-processed Food, which is food which is made in factories, you wouldn't recognise the ingredients. Um, you you would it, it's e numbers. It's not the food that you would expect to get from your grocers, and it lack and it's highly is lacking in poor, it's poor quality ingredients, and it's often wrapped and has lots and lots and lots of ingredients on the wrapping. Yeah, yeah, I do have a lot of sympathy for people though because you know most people work really hard you know yeah. they 
don't have a lot of time. Um, the marketing push behind a lot of these products is absolutely immense. Often the pricing is, you know, very attractive, um, you know, and, and uh, cooking skills. Yeah. We've lost yeah. that. It, it's, it's sort it, of a whole generation of, no, yeah. 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 How do you follow a Mediterranean diet if you're vegetarian? Oh, we have, I mean, it, it depends whether you're having fish, but you can, so, you know, some people do, but um, tofu, you can. Is, oh, sorry. But, uh, it That's needs a bit of managing tofu. I know, I know. It's always, um, it, it's a bit dull, but you can, you can spice it up. Um, cheese is good, you know, good part of vegetarian diet. It's quite hard for being vegan. Mm. Um, that does make it more difficult if you're trying to do a diet when vegan. You, you need to have go to kind of higher calories, you know, over a thousand calories. Well, we'll we'll go on to some of the questions that we that we've got. But it, it's so funny you saying that, and I'm thinking again with what I've been indoctrinated by all my life. Don't go for the low-fat product. I find that difficult. Things like avocados, and you just mentioned cheese. I adore cheese, but I don't really let myself eat it. Is that right? No. Well, I mean, occasionally I do, obviously. Oh, but I mean, I, I had love a nice it. cheese toasty today. <gasps> Sorry, love- is this being unkind? With a bit of sliced onion, onion when you kind of taste toast it on the grill, put some sliced onion, um, and you sourdough bread, and it's yes. delicious. I love cheese toasties with sourdough bread, so I can have that. Yeah. If you have good bread that's got plenty of fibre in it, just don't use sliced white. But sourdough is good for you. I love my sourdough. Now, I'm going to get – we've got some specific questions, but um, we have a lot of questions all about menopause. So specifically for women, obviously, does menopause – affect your ability to well i didn't know how to phrase this how does the menopause affect you in terms of your sense of well-being and what role does your diet have in that diet has a huge impact so if you're how it mediterranean style i'm going on i'm banging on about mediterranean style diet and that's across you know it can be asian variations of it it can be the Internet, you know, all sorts of cultures have a variation of it. Uh, and it's a really good basis to have good quality food. And that will re- help reduce, for, for a lot of people, help reduce symptoms. But it's not going to be enough. But how does it reduce symptoms? I mean, will it reduce hot flushes? Will it reduce anxiety? Will it just vaginal dryness? Probably not vaginal dryness. But if you. Depends where you put your yogurt. Um, so yeah apart from where you put your your yogurt the diet if you're eating an ultra processed food if you take it from the other way around you're eating a lot of rubbish food poor quality food um, that causes inflammation in the body and any more inflammation will make symptoms of the of the menopause worse okay and what about alcohol yeah, to some extent as well. I mean, it depends how sensitive to you. If you're drinking a lot, it's going to not help. But, uh, you know, it's not something which you would say stop drinking alcohol. Right. So it's more about the quality of your food is, is the key thing. Absolutely. Well, what, one other element of it, which is really key, is that you're getting enough protein. And this is a thread that runs throughout the whole um, process. If you're getting enough in the menopause, you don't process your protein as effective. You don't absorb it as effectively. So you're actually often depleted in pro- in protein. And if you can manage to increase your protein by about 5%, um, that also helps reduce symptoms and it also helps reduce cravings. So questions in. This is Jan. Um And she says, I'm 62 and I'm finding things are going a little wrong. I'm pre-diabetic and query cholesterol uh, being higher than it has been. Um, She also says that she has less backache than she did two decades ago. And uh, she doesn't worry about things like she used to. She seems to have more confidence. So, you know, she's feeling good at 60, sort of in terms of emotionally, but a bit worried about being pre-diabetic and uh, her cholesterol levels. Um, what would you suggest in that? Is that a fairly common type experience, I would imagine? 
It is, it is. And, uh, you know, that's where really the Fast 800 program is absolutely ideal um, it, because you can do it, you, you lose a bit of weight, fine tune your metabolism. So you, that's the point at which metabolic health is really important because that's where the sugars start creeping up um, and heading in the direction of becoming diabetic, pre diabetic. So just a bit of, you know, watching your diet, perhaps doing some fast days may be enough to reverse, should be enough to reverse it. It's interesting that, you know, you talk a lot about sugars. And I mean, again, me harping back to the tradition I was brought up in, um, it was fat. You know, fat was the baddie and you wanted low fat and, you know, lower your fat. Whereas you talk a lot in terms of sugars. What, what do you mean by that? Well, it's it's really the sort of starchy foods that that we're looking at. Obviously, white sugar. Um, you know, there's no nutrition. There's no nutrients in it. You know, potatoes are quite starchy. Pasta, white bread. It's it's staying away from those. I mean, they're very tempting. They're a big part of our diets. And if you look at the NHS website, and I check regularly, and they still say you should base your diet on on starchy carbohydrates one way or another. Um, and what happens with those is they convert very quickly into sugars and then that puts your sugars up and then that gets stored as fat. So, so it's not fat that is stored as fat, it's carbohydrates and sugars that get right. converted and stored as as fat. So broadly, would you be saying to people that one of the, well, the types of foods to cut out would be pasta, potatoes, bread, I don't know, White rice? rice? Yes. And go for whole, you know, but don't demonize all grains because whole grains have a lot more nutrients in it, in them. So, you know, there are all sorts of other quinoa. I know that's a sort of trendy version of it. Um, but there are plenty of other whole grains that are have more nutrients and have more, more fiber, uh, but eat them in moderation if you if you're tending to put on weight. So all this is it's just switching small swaps and um, just kind of rebalancing a bit. And should we be bothered about frying food? Now, I'm not talking about deep fried, you know, fish and chips suffer. Your polenta chips. Well, polenta chips. But I would, because uh, as we know, I'm now a basket case, I would avoid frying food because I would be, that. that's one of the things that uh, is in my head, don't have fried food. Well, you know, I mean, there was all this sort of, you shouldn't use olive oil to cook with, but I think... It's actually been found to have a higher smoke point and olive oil is a very healthy oil. And as long as you are not really burning things and getting a lot of smoke from it, um, it's reasonably, you know, we cook with olive oil a lot. Mm, change your mind. So, so, you know, on some some research programs, they, they use a litre of olive oil a week. Oh, right. Mm, right. And and it reduces um, risk of certain cancers. It reduces, uh, helps reduce weight. Um, lots of benefits. Yeah. Olive oil. Don't don't fear good quality fats. Yeah, people are really having to sort of rethink what they have. No. You know, when sort of... you're cooking your aubergines, slicing them, would you be in the oven? you know, with um, olive oil sort of brushed on them or you wouldn't, you absolutely wouldn't fry them? Oh, no, I, w I would put some oil, oh, yeah. No, but would you fry them is what I mean? I wouldn't put fry them in the oven. I wouldn't fry them. Mm. I'd put them in the oven. Um, so here's a, a question for someone saying, I've got your, the Fast 80, 800 book, sorry, 800 book. I love the recipes. I've got about two stones to lose. I cannot stick to 800 calories a day, though. Any tips to stop snacking? I wonder whether it's worth just looking to make sure you're getting plenty of protein because it's the protein that makes you feel satiated. So if you're constantly hungry, um, it may be that you're just not ha having enough protein in your diet. And you can add eggs, cheese, um, yogurt, seeds, nuts, uh, but really make sure you're getting at least 60 grams of protein a day. Plenty of protein on a, in every meal, and you should be feeling more satiated. Right. And for some people, it's it's hard to stick to you know eight hundred calories or so. Go up to a thousand; you'll still be benefiting. 
and you'll still lose weight. Do you know one thing I'm really bad at, and you're actually quite good at this, is drinking water. And some people say drink, you know, water, because very often you think you're hungry and you're actually, you know, if you drink water, you're, you're good. You've always got your bottle there. I am so bad at drinking water. That's such an important point, because when you're losing weight, your body and burning fat, you lose water at the same time. And you're not getting as much fluid as you normally would in your usual, you know, daily meals. Um, and so when people say, oh, I just felt feeble and tired and, you know, got constipated, it's usually because they haven't added extra water. So we usually recommend people um, add an extra litre, maybe litre and a half, because it's the dehydration that makes people feel exhausted. It's not the fact that they haven't got a store of calories in their in their body that can be used. Um, Cynthia is asking, why is my tummy so bloated? I'm celiac. I'm careful what I eat. I'm 63. I'm active. I eat healthily. I don't smoke. My weight's fine. And I'm really struggling to get rid of the bloating. Oh, that's a big one. We have several celiacs in our family. So a lot of our recipes are actually gluten-free for that reason. But it, you know, it's very easy to get contamination. And the other, you know, possible quick fix is to see if you have, if, if they have, um, uh, milk sensitivity as well, because that can add is one of the kind of classic next thing that goes with um, bloating. So try two weeks or so of not having any mel- milk. Milk is the it's the worst because it's not fermented. So it's the most it's the one that tends to set people off. So either stop milk and see how you get on, um, or go stopping all dairy if you want to go a bit more hardcore. Do it for a few weeks, see how you get on, and then gradually reduce, reintroduce it over uh, you know a week or two and see how she gets on. Um, someone else asking what supplements are worth taking, if any, magnesium, vitamin B? Um, probably omega-3, magnesium, um, and we take vitamin D particularly at this time of year coming out of winter, um, we're really depleting vitamin D and we wear sunscreen. We don't go and hang out in the you know, midday sun anymore so much. Um, so a lot of us are depleting vitamin D and it's a really key vitamin. And that, that's probably the one that Michael and I routinely take. For yeah. half the year. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't. We're based in Scotland, so... Uh, yeah. yeah. Double dose. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So um, you're going on tour with uh, your husband, Dr. Michael Mosley. A career development that you might not have expected at 60? Mm-hmm. Not at all, exactly. Yeah. So it's called Eat Well, Sleep Better and Live Longer. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a... We're going to have a bed, so because Michael and I, I, I sleepwalk and Mike doesn't sleep, and uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to do some cooking, producing a high protein bread in two min- minutes in a microwave. So that's going to be, you know, never quite knows if it's going to work. Wow, what's high protein bread? Is that just lots of seeds or nuts in it or what? Uh, yes, um, and it, it's. It's incredibly high protein, surprisingly, and very low carb. So um, mm. that's, a, that's a, a treat, and it's actually one of the recipes in the new book. So there we go. So I'm doing a treats recipe book as well. well be <laughs> and, and how are you feeling about stepping into the, the spotlight? There's a bit of a diversion. It is a bit of a diversion. Actually, I'm rather looking forward to it. It's, it was a week or two ago, I was going, oh, my God, what have I what have I agreed to? Um, whereas now we're kind of getting into it and it's going to be fun. What's the dynamic between you and Michael then? Um, uh, an element of we talk over each other a little bit, as partners do. Um, but he's really doing the main thread and I'm doing kind of daft bits around the edges, I think, and some cooking. It sounds great fun. Karen, I would like to introduce you to my new companion. Who? She's called Poppy. She is very stylish, classy, accommodating, versatile. And if you get up close and you sniff her, <laughs> uh, she has a wonderful smell of leather. 
Oh, I love the smell of leather. <laughs> slightly confused. What are we talking when about? Bag, when you buy poppy, is the style. It's from a small Scottish company called Sarah Harron. Uh, Sarah was working in the corporate world. She couldn't find a functional bag that looked great, so she decided to create a whole range of them. Oh, very nice. Listen, I'm loving the pink lining. God, no, these pockets. I know I've got one for my iPad. I've got one for my water bottle. I've got room for a spare pair of knickknacks for an overnight. What about the handles? Well, you've got a choice. I like a backpack, so I use the backpack handles. Or you've got the short straps. And also this detachable pouch I can take off and either use as a clutch or as a shoulder strap. So I like that. It's like... Two, three bags in one. Yeah. Now, what about the colours? Different colours? Lots of different colours, lots of different ways you can style it. Tell you what, this will see me out, this bag. It's got more years in it than I've got. Also, a great gift for someone that you really value and respect. Okay. Don't hold your breath. Visit the Sarah Harron website now, where you'll receive an exclusive offer of 20% off your first bag. And not only that, you will also get three accessories absolutely free, so you can start styling your bag right away. Just enter the code K K A Y E at the checkout to receive this incredible offer. Well, listen, talking about daft things, we have a little uh, game called Big Sixo Bingo. So we Thank have you. 60 que- sixty questions uh, randomly numbered, and I'll hand you over to Karen. Yeah, so I'm looking for t- uh, two numbers from you, Claire, uh, between one and 60. 14. 14 is the first one, and that is, um, have you achieved all you wanted to? <laughs> That's an interesting one. I would never have expected to be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing right now, but I'm certainly enjoying it. So, um, yeah, almost. I probably would say that comfortably. There's nothing left out there you still want to do? No, there's lots of things out there. Um, But I'm enjoying what I'm doing at the moment, I have to say. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, another number then, Claire. 22. Uh, Oh, yeah. Who's your um, 60-plus role model? Oh, my God. Goodness. Oh, I was saying Michael. There we go. <laughs> Is that a cop cop out? I don't know why I was thinking it'd be female as well. Or why would it be Michael then? Uh, he's just been so so interesting, fun and you know, shares the interesting things that he's doing and I think he's got an incredible ability to make things accessible and understandable uh and he's just been very generous in terms of me getting involved in the whole that's nice program and it's been fun it's been a lot of fun but yes i need to think about role models yes <laughs> no but you you're absolutely right funny i was watching um michael's program about people shopping it's on channel four so he goes through people's shopping basket and and sees what's in it and it's really as healthy as they think it is um and he sort of pretends to be a supermarket cashier, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and it actually did occur to me as I was watching it. I mean, you get great information from it, which is good. And he is obviously a highly educated, um, well-informed man. But he has got a great sense of fun and he doesn't take himself too seriously, which is a really great quality, isn't it? Yes, yes. He's always interesting and entertaining and and he's kind. I think that's pretty good then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good role model. <laughs> no, that's a good indeed, role model. Indeed. Um, Claire, listen, thank you very much. Uh, best of luck with the, the tour. And uh, it is eat well, sleep better, live longer. Thank, thank you. Thank you. It's been great fun. Next week, it's time to get naked with Khalid Nolan. That's the name of her new show, which is touring the country. We caught up with her just before opening night. And let's just say she is nervous sighted. <laughs> <laughs>